Hello everyone and welcome to the LRQA Future in Focus podcast series. In this episode, we'll be speaking with hydrogen expert Leanne Halliday, Corporate Account Manager at LRQA. Leanne will cover the expanding risks in a hydrogen supply chain, but we began by asking if she could give us an overview of hydrogen in the current landscape. Yes, so hydrogen has been around for many years and the technology um, around production of hydrogen is nothing new. We see it currently used today in refining, fertilising and steel industry, just to name a few. The largest producer of hydrogen is currently China um, and that's not going to stop. However, what we are seeing is an unprecedented increase in the amount of new hydrogen projects um, coming into the fold and a real buzz around hydrogen projects particularly as people start to use hydrogen towards their decarbonisation journey. We saw a big increase in the number of hydrogen projects being announced after COP26 earlier this year, and even more so in Europe with the current conflict, as people start to also use hydrogen in a way to secure their energy supply. Some of the figures you see banded around are massive, and to quote just one, $500 billion worth of projects are expected to be announced, between now and 2030. I mean, it could be 500 billion, it could be 600 billion, but that number is just mind boggling. And that means that there's going to be a massive increase in suppliers, in new operators, in people entering the industry. And particularly as we work towards that decarbonisation, and a lot of these projects are in green hydrogen and blue hydrogen, with the added complexities of renewable energy and being at the front end to supply the energy for the electrolysers, and also carbon and capture and storage technology on the back end um, of blue hydrogen projects. We then asked Leanne, what were the current risks we're experiencing in the hydrogen supply chain? Well, first of all, I think we should just put some context around supply chain. So we see supply chain as two different ways. So we talk about the supply chain in terms of the equipment, material you'll need for these projects in order to produce the hydrogen. And when we're talking around $500 billion worth of new projects, that's a lot of new equipment. That's a lot of new material. But then secondly, you also have the supply chain of the produced hydrogen. And the produced hydrogen will be for a number of different end users as well, um, for power and transportation. And one of the key advantages of hydrogen is its ability to transport energy. And therefore, one of the key things that we're looking at using hydrogen for decarbonisation is the transport of hydrogen around the globe. So I think we need to put that in context first when we talk about supply chain, that there's two different supply chains. Leanne was then asked, how could we overcome the risks she had mentioned and were there any solutions? The feedback that I get from speaking to a lot of different people and stakeholders in this industry, so right from regulators, large producers, large operators, manufacturers, the real risks really fall into three main categories and they are technology, regulations and social licence to operate. So let's look at technology first, and this is a really interesting one, because like I said right at the start of this conversation, the technology isn't new, but what we are seeing is a massive, unprecedented demand in the amount of technology and the amount of equipment that's needed, and therefore that will put a constraint on the supply chain. Whenever you have a constraint on a supply chain, it comes with quality issues and cost issues. And especially as we're really, to make these large projects a success, 
we need to reduce the cost of hydrogen. And when we're looking at around $2 per kilogram, um, the equipment needs to be produced at a scale, at a size and at a cost that will allow us to meet that cost point of these projects. To give you an idea of the size of the supply chain that we're looking at, if we just look at electrolyzers alone, the current estimated market value of the electrolyzer market is around 250 million US dollars. It's estimated that we'll see between now and 2030 a 30% year-on-year increase in the amount of electrolyzers being needed. Therefore, we're going to also have new people entering the market and people buying the market from um, vendors and suppliers that they wouldn't usually buy it from. If we then look at regulations, again, it's a similar story. Hydrogen isn't new and the standards and regulations around for hydrogen, but the standards and regulations don't necessarily go into the depth of all of the end uses that we're seeing hydrogen being used for. There's also very few holistic regulations that cover the full supply chain. And therefore, when we're talking of a supply chain of this size, we will need to export and import hydrogen equipment around the world. And in fact, hydrogen itself, and that's one of the biggest risks that we're seeing from operators and regulators, the lack of regulations around identifying how green the hydrogen is and therefore giving it the full availability to export and trade this hydrogen globally. The third and final issue is around social license to operate, and I think this spans everything. We talked about the, the number of end uses of hydrogen. One of the places that we're seeing hydrogen being used is for fuel, for buses, for essentially um, cars in the future. And therefore, hydrogen will be seen on everybody's doorstep at some point. Hydrogen is a risky gas if it's not treated with respect and not has the right safety and risk studies and quality around it. Therefore, we have to make sure that that risk perception is dealt with correctly. We have the right um, governance in place to make sure that we don't have pushback and we have that social license to operate around the industry. The other thing that falls into all of these categories is new people entering the industry. We're seeing a lot of people coming into the hydrogen sector from the oil and gas sector, from the power sector, and therefore they themselves need to build trust with the regulations. They need to understand what's best practice. They need to build trust with the supply chain. And that's something that we're seeing as a risk across the industry at this time, where people need to have that additional training and just get their own self-confidence to be able to um, work in, in this industry, the same as which they'd work in traditional industries. Leanne was then asked, how could we overcome the risks she had mentioned and were there any solutions? The main way that we can counteract these risks is by building trust. And you build trust by sharing best practice. You build trust by having transparency. You build trust by having further governance around safety, around quality. Um, it's also about, I believe, moving the quality up front. Um, a lot of these projects are really at the initial stages, pre-feed, concept select. Um, and rather than spending time on quality at the back end, if we spend time to build that quality at the front end, for example, doing things like vendor assessments, gap analysis of designs, making sure that a base of equipment you buy in one location can be used um, under the standards and regulations of another location, that's where we need to spend the time um, now to make sure that we don't um, fall into the pitfalls of these risks. And these projects and these mega amounts of money that we're talking about actually become a reality. 
And finally, Leanne explains how LRQA can help. LRQA is a third-party independent assurance provider across the whole of supply chains. Um, so I spoke about earlier about how bringing that quality upfront in these projects could really help with building the trust and also getting the social license to operate. So really, um, vendor assessments, gap analysis of design, even if it's not needed from a regulation point of view, but so that you understand that your equipment providers can produce the equipment to the standards that are needed. We also, through the work we do across the globe, have deep knowledge and understanding of current standards and regulations. So we can help you to understand what best practice regulations are globally and bring that knowledge to your project so that you have a roadmap or a pathway to producing a safe and quality project. Some of the more detailed services that we can offer, for example, is approval in principle. So we see a lot of equipment providers entering the market that have worked in other industries but don't necessarily have case studies for hydrogen or in fact new people entering the market. We can help to give some assurance by looking at their risk profile, looking at their designs at a high level and looking at the standards they're applying to say that yes, that is um, suitable for use in hydrogen and in a particular standards and regulation context. So overall, come to us um, if you have any assurance needs or you want to help build trust through the supply chain. Thanks for listening to the LRQA Future in Focus podcast series. Visit our podcast series homepage on Spotify to listen to future episodes. Music